Well, good morning. I'm not sure if I'm on. I'm on. And welcome to Wesley Baptist Church. Um, if you're new or visiting um, or with people today, then a very extra warm welcome, and we hope that you enjoy being with us this morning. Um, if you don't know your way around, uh, the welcome team will help you show you where the toilets are, or where the children go for their classes, or anything else um, that you may need. And then after the service, you're more than welcome to stay for tea and coffee and biscuits to get to know people better, or if you're a regular, um, to catch up with people and share fellowship with one another. For those of you that don't know, my name is Holly. I'm a member here at Wesley Baptist Church, and I also work here on the parish nurse team, and I am the fitness teacher for that team. Um, so some of you might know me already um, and see me on a Wednesday for that. So this morning's um, service is going to be around the theme of God's generous people. Um, Bill later will lead our sermon around that. And the reading that we'll be looking at today, if you want to find it for later, will be 1 John 4. Uh, but we'll come to that later on in our service. And today, Kat and her team will be leading our sung worship. So in a minute, um, we're going to have some sung worship. Um, and these are going to be songs that are great for the kids. So don't worry if they're singing, dancing, running around, playing instruments. Um, that's great. That's fantastic. God calls us to be like children. So encourage your children to be noisy. Um, that's fine because when they're at their classes later, the adults can have quiet songs and a quiet sermon. Um, so don't worry for now. I've got a two-year-old, so I know how mental they are. And he's also an extra mental two-year-old. So it's fine. Um, so we're just going to say a prayer and then we'll go into a time of sung worship, especially for our children. So, dear God, help me to put you first in every area of my life. Help me to live one day at a time. Help me not to worry about tomorrow. Instead, help me to focus on what you're doing right now in my life. Help us to trust in your promise to take care of every one of my needs. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Holly. Morning. How are we doing? Um, I just got like to read a psalm before we start. I don't normally do this, but it's one of my favorites. It's Psalm 100. It says, um, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And there's two things I really like about that. I like the first line, make a joyful noise. It doesn't say make a really tuneful noise. So if you're completely tone deaf or you're little and you can't really sing, you just want to make some noise with like a a drum or like a maraca or something, go for it. Make all the noise. That's absolutely great because the Lord is for all generations, for all of us. So we're going to sing a couple of songs now. Um, if you'd like to stand, we'll sing together.
nice warm-up, people. Um, now, I told you last time I led worship that I hadn't learnt the actions to my lighthouse. I have now learnt the actions to my lighthouse. So for those of you that don't know, and I'm sorry if I do this wrong, young people, um, we're going, my lighthouse. Join in. My lighthouse. Excellent. Shining in the darkness. I will follow you. My lighthouse. My lighthouse. I will trust the promise. Can't remember this bit. This bit, I will trust the promise. There we go. You will carry me like a baby. Safe to, and then we jump around. Sure. Safe to, sure. It's going to be great. Move your bodies around. Make a joyful noise. God doesn't care what you look like, and it'll be good fun. My lighthouse. Safe to 
excellent job. Fantastic. Well done. Grab a seat. Um, I love that song. Um, I love Rent Collective. Um, but I never knew the action, so thank you, Kat. I can do those at home now with Ezra. That will be fun. Okay, so our children are going to go to their 316 classes. Um, we have classes from two and a half um, to 16. So if you're visiting, just head out the back. It is insane chaos for like two minutes, and then everyone goes to a separate room and has a lovely time. So let's just pray. Father God, we thank you for the children, um, that they bring fun into our lives, and that you call us to be like them. So help us to be like them. Bless them and their teachers as they learn more about you in the next hour. Amen. So off you go um, out to the different classes. We'll just give them a minute to escape um, before we pray. Okay, we're just going to have a short time of prayer um, for our world and everyone um, and also for our offerings that are brought here to help us do the work that we do at Wesley Baptist Church. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Father God, we pray for peace, that all people may live free from violence, in safety and with the hope of a bright future. We pray for health, that all people may live free from illness, in wellness, and with the hope for a bright future. We pray, we pray for salvation, that all people may live in accordance with God's will, and learn how to ask for forgiveness from God, to learn how to forgive others, and to be delivered from sin. Father God, we thank you for all the donations that we receive here in money and in time and energy and effort. And we pray that we would use these wisely and that we would use these to spread your word and that we would use these to spread your love. Not for things that we want to do, but for things that will bring your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So one of our members here is called Natasha, um, lovely lady. She does service leading like this, so you may have seen her up the front before. Um, but she also has a big involvement in Food Bank. We offer Food Bank here on a Saturday, um, which really helps out the local community. And we're in connection with the Food Bank services in Southend. So Bill is going to interview Natasha um, so we can learn more about what goes on there. Um, and then Bill will lead us into a song. So I'm going to hand over to Bill. Okay, right. Good morning, Natasha. <laughs> nice to see you. And uh, nice to see you all too. Welcome, as we've said already. Um, one of the things, as, as uh, Holly pointed out, is that we have a, uh, we're part of the food bank uh, ministry here. 
And uh, I was going to ask Natasha this morning a bit more about it. Uh, well, first of all, straight away, how's it going? What, what's, uh, what's the latest news on the food bank here? That's a lot. That that sounds uh, well. Uh, the, well, on the one hand, it, it sounds great. On the other hand, that's terrible. We've had to to up our game so much. What, what's the idea behind the food bank? How did it how did it start? It, it, no, it is Trussell, but the, the actual couple that started it, they were given money by, um, I think, the, the, the wife, mom, who passed away. Uh, her surname was Trussell. Um, and they were actually feeding people in Romania or looking after people overseas. And he was challenged by someone when they were raising funds to say, well, there's people here who don't have food, and what are you doing about Okay, that, we pray that that will we pray ourselves out of existence in one sense. Um, but uh, I mean, the theme of this morning is um, sort of earthing God's love for being God's generous people. And uh, I, I guess the question that many of us might have is that uh, well, it, it's great that we're giving this. I mean, is it a specifically Christian thing that we do, or for example, does it matter if? very few people connect the work of the food bank with the God we love and serve. Really down, and if we can give them a warm welcome and they come in and have a meeting for 
So it's kind of providing a, a safe space, really, for people who may not be very aware of God at all in their lives, but at least they're c coming up. I was going to say, uh, you've just answered my, my last question, which was, uh, are there any specific ways in which we, we do show uh, the love of Christ? And, th and that is a very powerful example for that, yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's great. And if you want to talk with Natasha... Uh, later on, she's available, and uh, I understand, Natasha, that we've we've got we're okay for volunteer numbers at present. Um, but if anybody is interested, yeah. well, we've got um, six supermarket collections coming up. So most of the food that we give out is donated by you. Uh, it's donated by community. It's donated by the people shopping. Uh, but on sort of uh, we do supermarket collections. Okay, so maybe if that can that app can be advertised on the uh, church email out, and, and we, uh, how many people here use that app? Not maybe we need to be more aware of it, and, and we'll get the information out, and it'll be, I think, really helpful. Um, as we finish this little bit, I'd like to ask how many people here uh, volunteer for food bank? If I could, you stand up if you do, please. Volunteers for food bank. And Margaret and. Wolf, please, because you'll used to volunteer, so it'd be great if you can stand too. Okay. All right, thank you. Have a good look at these. Keep, remain standing because we're going to pray for them. Let's, all, let's look at them and ask God's blessing upon them. Father God, thank you for the work of Natasha in heading this part of it up. For each of these volunteers who give their time regularly. And for the people they meet. Lord, we pray for them wisdom love, patience, kindness, in fact, all that your Holy Spirit can give to them and to us. Father, bless them, and bless us with even more people in our church who are willing to show in some way the generosity and the grace of God to people. Amen. Thank you very much. Okay. Hello, we're going to sing again, um, and we're going to sing a couple of songs about, uh, about God's love and how massive and huge it is. Um, you'll be grateful to hear there are no actions, and it won't be quite as manic as it was in the first two songs. So if you'd like to stand, uh, we'll sing together. <coughs> Thank you. 
Father God, we just thank you for this time that we could spend in worship, focusing on you and thanking you. Amen. Okay, so we're going to have our reading now. Um, can you hear me? Yeah? Um, so grab your phone or your Bible, um, whichever you want to use. Um, and we're going to go to um, 1 John 4, 7, verses 7 through to verses 21. So I'll just give you a second to find that. 1 John 4, 7 through to 21. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and he is brought to us in full expression. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he lives in us. Furthermore, we have, seen that we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to the to Saviour of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence, because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because we're loved first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God who we can't see? And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Amen. So Bill is going to speak to us on that. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Holly. Um, somebody, before we start, somebody said to me this morning, are we going to give thanks to God for the Queen? And this is something we don't normally do in Baptist churches, but... Today is 70 years since her accession. And I think as a nation, we 
are grateful for any stability we can find. Let's give thanks. Father, we thank you for our sovereign lady, Elizabeth. We thank you for her Christian influence, which has become increasingly clear over these last 20 years or so. We see her frailty, and yet we also see her strength. And we give you thanks for the words she says, the example she is, and for her leadership of our nation. Bless her, watch over her, and as Charles succeeds her one day, give him also wisdom in knowing that he follows you. Father, hear our prayer we ask, and receive our grateful thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, I'm going to be talking to you, uh, continuing the series about generosity and talking about God's generous people. So it's a collective thing. And probably you've already picked up from the, the, the songs we've sung uh, that we are focusing very much on God's generous, gracious love, seen especially in the cross. Are we having problems with the pickups? Are we okay? Right, okay. Uh, especially in the cross. And, of course, the reading we've just had from 1 John chapter 4 has uh, been driving us in the direction of how we live and love together and serve together. Last Sunday, I had a Sunday off, and I went to worship in a church that I first started to worship not far off 50 years ago, All Souls Langham Place in London. And getting on the tube there was quite, uh, it was unremarkable, except that I hadn't been on the tube for, for yonks, and, and I just noticed in the, especially on a Sunday, the fairly empty tube stations, you could see the posters everywhere, and the posters I was looking at caught my eye. I thought, we never have to be told these public messages, which are, we stand against hatred, we don't tolerate violence against staff, smile, you're being watched on TV. So all this is to do with the fact that we live in a very insecure and what could seem to be a risk-filled society. Now compare this with the, the buzz phrase over the last couple of years in the, in the pandemic, uh, time of pandemic, which is, be kind. We've heard that time and time again, be kind. Certainly, if the church is to be God's new society, demonstrating life as he intended us to live it, we shouldn't need to see these posters in churches especially. We are called to live in love as God's generous people. So that's your central part. You, you forget everything else I say. Be kind, be generous, be like God. Last week's service, Jeff mentioned the prodigal father and the example of Jesus himself in Philippians 2, 5 to 11, that great hymn of praise that Paul outlined. We won't go through it now, but you may remember it. Paul starts, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ, that he gave himself up to be nothing, took him, uh, taking upon himself the form of a servant, going down to the cross, dying for us, 
And because of that, God raised him from the dead, and now he's ascended and reigning on high. So there's a kind of a U-shape to uh, that, that, uh, that great hymn of praise, starting at the top, coming down, and being raised again. So Jesus himself, says Paul, is an example of extravagant and generous love and grace. Some of the Old Testament refers to the Hebrew word is hesed, you may have heard that before, I don't know, but it simply means, in fact, they had to invent an English word for it when the first translation of the Bible, the King James Version, came out. The first, sorry, fully published uh, version of the English Bible came out. They had to invent the word loving kindness. I know it's two words, but they banged it together because love and kindness, just you can't separate them. Chesed. And this is the word that is most used in often, uh, is used most often in God's dealing with the people of Israel. You know, on Mount Sinai, when the covenant, the Ten Commandments, was given, and there was a, a, they entered officially into a covenant with God. And he became the, the phrase is, "I will be your God, and you will be my people." And in that covenantal relationship, Chesed. Loving kindness is the, the benchmark of that whole relationship. It's a two-way thing, God and us. That's just the way it works. And that's what we pick up in 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. Sometimes you see the, the, the uh, uh, sometimes it's misquoted as we love him because he first loved us. Like, like table tennis. It's not that at all. We love at all because we are loved. We know love, therefore we can show love from God. And it's under, this understanding this love is crucial to our calling to being God's generous people. And it sounds a great idea, doesn't it? We're all God's generous people. Hooray! Well, there we are. Let's go home. No, hang on, hang on. <laughs> that, that, that's easy to say, but why do we struggle with it so much? John echoes God's commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. When we read in verse 21 of, of chapter 4, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I notice that uh, translation says his fellow Christian. Well, yes, that's included, but brother has more the force of neighbor. It's not just your, just love Christians, it's, it's love your brother, whoever is your, who, is, who is my neighbor? Who is my brother? The one in need. Right, love them then. Go to them. The problem is that often we read that statement, love God and love each other, love your brother, through a lens of guilt. Because we tried it and we failed. Well, if we tried it and sometimes we succeed and we feel jolly good about it, well, aren't I great? You know? And then there are times when you think, oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, not him again. John sees fear as the central issue in all this. The posters about racism and hatred that I saw on the tube walls remind us that, of course, we can have a, a fear of our neighbor. We see them totally as different from us. Uh, we have only so much generosity, and therefore... Uh, they, they are like competitors for our finite resources. Even they become our enemies because they threaten what we've got. And, and that's at the very sort of the, the, the very base 
uh, fears that we can often have. We only have so much generosity, and we need that for ourselves and our loved ones. Thank you very much. Remember the, the film My Fair Lady, Alfred J. Doolittle, wonderful song he used to sing. The Lord above made man to work for his neighbour, no matter where, on land or sea or foam. The Lord above made man to work for his neighbour, but with a little bit of luck, when he calls around, you won't be home. Let's face it, we all know what that feels like, don't we? So there's a fear of our neighbour. There's a fear of not having enough behind that. The fear of being drained dry. We, we love to be generous with people with our time, effort, money, but it's, let's face it, it's not easy to be generous to someone who says to you, here's my problem, what are you going to do about it? Well, the, the first time you think, well, You've got that wrong. But if the person keeps on coming back to you, says, why haven't you fixed my problem? After a bit, it becomes draining and wearing. We repeat that often enough, we feel exhausted and irritable. So there's a fear of not having enough. And behind that, or underneath that, there's a fear, the very real fear, of simply not being enough. I'm talking here about that, that dread of being ashamed, of being revealed that you are just not enough. Think about Adam in the Garden of Eden at creation in Genesis 3. They eat from the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They disobey God, tempted by the serpent as the story goes. And God comes walking, as always, the cool of the evening. Adam, come on, time for our talk. Adam? Adam? Now, it's not as if God doesn't know where he is. That's not the point. Adam, where are you? I can see you, Adam. Come on. Well, Adam says, I knew I was naked and I was afraid, so I hid. And that... That is the core fear of shame that I think lies at most people's hearts. I was naked, so I hid from you. And Jesus knew the power of that emotion to bring every good thing to a grinding halt. Look, it's, it's no good blaming the adverts on TV or wherever we might see them. They only play into that emotion. We have that already. That's why Jesus taught the, uh, told the parable of the talents. Again, go back home or you're home now, turn up Matthew 25, and you'll see several uh, parables there, two of which I want to refer to this morning. One is the talents, which you remember the, there was a, a rich man who, who was going away, he gave this talent, uh, this man ten talents, this man at five, this man one, went away, came back. Okay, folks, what, what good have you done with them? And the man who had ten made ten more. The man who had five made five more. Well done, well done, good and faithful servant. The man who had one talent gave him his one talent back. What's this? What's your talent? Uh, the, these people have doubled it. Why, why, why are you not giving me two talents? Well, he said, I knew you to be a hard man. And so I hid that talent because I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to risk your anger. I didn't want to risk being ashamed. 
The reply of the righteous to Jesus' claim in the... Uh, the sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Um, yes, the, the, the point is that Jesus taught that parable not to say, so you better watch out with God because he will want a good account from you. He, I mean, God does want a good account from us. He's been very gracious to us. Come on, show, show me what you can do. But the point behind it is that God is not like that. God does give generously. He's not a cruel boss who demands more than you think you can give. He gives it to you first and just wants you to enjoy it and use it for the good of others and for his praise and glory. So he wants us to understand that God is not like the cruel boss or the neighbor in, a, in the, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you know, there, there was a certain man who a neighbor banged on his door in the middle of the night and said, help, I've got someone come to me and I, I need bread. And, and I, I uh, uh, can you help me? I'm ashamed because hospitality is a big deal. Uh, and someone's come and I, I've got nothing to give them. I feel ashamed. And the, the man says, oh, all right, and grudgingly goes to the cupboard and gives him a bit of bread. And then push off, you know. And... Jesus says, but God is, is much more than that. If you will do that for your neighbor just because they, 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 they're whinging, how much more will God give out of his generous, gracious love? So how can we be a generous people of God? Well, let's look at, at the parable after the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, which is the, the story of the sheep and the goats. You may remember that where uh, at the end of, of time, God uh, will separate people, the sheep on the right and the goats on the left, according to the, the way Jesus talked. And uh, he says the same thing to both. You know, uh, you have fed or you have not fed. You have visited or you have not visited me. Uh, and the, the, the sheep will say, sorry, what? when did we ever give a cup of water to you? When did we ever see you in prison or naked or sick and we visited you? When did we ever do these things? I have no recollection of that. And Jesus says, as, as you did it to the least of these, you did it surely to me. And it's an intensive underlying, surely you did that for me. You really did. They ministered to Jesus whenever they were generous to the neighbor in need. Because that's just what they do. It was a no-brainer. What, what we Did we do that? Yeah, you didn't realize it, did you? Well, not really. They kept no record of the good they'd done. They kept no record of wrongs against them. As uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, love, real love, keeps no record of wrongs. They didn't fear losing out. It's okay, you have it. Look, I'm sure there'll be more somewhere, sometime, somehow. And there always is. The difference between the sheep and the goats is a difference between love and fear. So, how does God drive out all that makes us afraid of being his generous people? Let's go back to that verse in 1 John 4, verse 18. Perfect love casts out all fear, says John. 
And when he does that, he's telling us that loving kindness or generosity is the opposite of it, is the antidote to fear. That, that word perfect, it's the same root as the word that Jesus uses on the cross when he cries out, it is finished. It is finished. Sometimes the work, his death on the cross for our forgiveness is called the perfect work of Christ. And perfect means completed. It is completed. There's nothing more to add. Electricians talk about completing a circuit. I know that because I remember one day I heard a loud bang from the living room and my granddad had completed a circuit with his penknife. And there he was on the opposite side of the room. He was a great marine engineer, but a lousy electrician. <laughs> Completing a circuit means, well, you put everything in its place, but actually it needs joining up. Just, just connect, that's all. It's a bit like our faith. We can believe all sorts of things about God and, and, and revel in it. But it needs connecting up. It needs earthing, I suppose you could say. Think of the journey that Paul tells us about in Philippians 2 again. Like John, Paul says that the journey that Christ undertook, leaving his godhood behind for a life of poverty, risk, service, and death, right the way through to resurrection, was driven and empowered by the love of God has for us. In a way, you could say he was earthing the circuit. He was connecting it all up. God is committed to us and will deny us no good thing. So Philippians 2, 5 to 11 is, is not about man trying to reach God, doing our best to earn God's love. It's about God reaching out to man. I'd hope we might have a picture this morning, but if you, how many, not many of us have been to Sistine Chapel in Rome, I guess. You may, oh, there it is. Hey, thank you. I couldn't find the one with underpants, so I'm sorry, you've got a naked. Oh, I think that's chewing gum. No, no, anyway. Um, God is reaching out to man there. But the, the point is, you see, Adam is totally, he's not relaxed, he's weak. And God is reaching out to him, and just the merest touch, and the life flows. Being God's generous people, that's what we're talking about. The merest touch. You'd be surprised how little it takes to put across the love of God. And like John, Paul sees our generosity of spirit as following from the mindset and grace and generosity of Christ. He says, have this way of thinking amongst you that you see in Christ Jesus. Or as John puts it, we love because he first loved us. He, the pennies dropped. We are loved and therefore we can love. 
There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. I'll repeat that. There is nothing, and listen to that, nothing you can do to make God love you less. Love grows when it's given away. Jesus told the parable of the sower. The extravagance of the sower. The seed goes everywhere. Some on paths into weeds, wherever it might be. It's worth it because where it lands, it grows and the harvest is a hundredfold. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain by daring to show love. We've heard about the food bank this morning, the parish nurse ministry here, the way even this morning uh, uh, they're, they're teaching our youngsters about God's love in Christ. All these are, are, are good ways of earthing the circuit. And that's, that's just in church. But there are so many. Th- th- this influence goes way beyond church. The, our ministry as the people of God here is not... Is it, <laughs> it is partly to get people into church. But it's a good question. How do we get more people into church? A better question is how do we get more people out of church? How do we give ourselves away, taking risks, because we know we're loved? So what about you? And I need to ask to be frank here. Do you have a fear that you may not have enough, that you may not be enough? At different times, I guess every one of us has that fear. Certainly I do. And very often we look at the wrong things when we judge ourselves. Talking to someone this week who was saying, I wonder if what I say has any impact. And of course the real answer is, well, yes, of course it does. But what has real impact is who you are. The nature of God in you. That's what people take notice of. I've always, for for decades, I've been preaching, and I've always looked at a sermon like a meal. Hands up if you can remember the meal you had two weeks ago on a Thursday night. Of course you can't, but here you are, well fed. Nobody can remember my sermons or anybody else's sermons for very long. That's not the point. The point is we're feeding on God's word. He continually gives, and we are fed, and we grow in love. John says in his gospel, No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son of God has made him known. And in the letter we just read, he echoes that. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. So how can we be God's generous people? Well, by living in his love, and by showing it in our attitude, the way we deal with others, When we reveal God's love by our lives, and what we reveal of God's love by our lives will be eagerly noticed, by, especially by those who live in fear. Time and time again, people may have asked you, why are you different? Are you going to panic? Are you going to worry? Are you going to be angry? Aren't you going to curse? I suppose the answer would be, well, would it help? (laughs) No. They don't need to. Because it will be okay. 
How are you and I demonstrating God's love in what we do, what we say, and in our personalities? Is God calling you and me to know his love more and to step out in faith more? I think we all know the answer to that, don't we? Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. And we're sorry if sometimes we doubt that. We are foolish. We do panic. And we do get angry. And we do feel ashamed. But Father, keep on speaking to us in those times so that we will know that we are enough in your eyes and help us to be your generous people. Amen. We're going to sing one more song together. So if you're able and would like to stand. Father God, we thank you once again that we can 
worship you and we can read your word freely here at Wesley. Lord, send us out with confidence in your word to tell the world of your saving acts and to bring glory to your name. Send us out to love one another, to love our neighbor, because we are loved with your perfect love by you. Amen. Amen. So I encourage you to stay around, as I said, for teas and coffees, and also encourage you to use our prayer ministry area. Um, if you just head over there, uh, one of our ministers will join you. Mm-hmm.